Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 1510. I'm a greedy, selfish bastard. I want the fact that I existed to mean something. And that's a, a Harry Chapin quote. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, inspiring automotive enthusiasts, and welcome to Cars Yeah. I'm revved up and so excited to share with you today a very special guest calling in from Goodyear, Arizona. Yeah, Goodyear, Arizona. That's kind of cool, appropriate for a car show. Brenda Pretty. Brenda Pretty likes to tell people that she was born with a camera in her hands and hardly remembers a time when she didn't own a camera or two or maybe even a half dozen. Since 1992, she was a well-known fixture in the automotive industry, photographing pre-production automobiles, undergoing hot weather testing in the desert, and selling the photos to publications including the New York Times, USA Today, Car Driver, and even the Encyclopedia Britannica. The mom of two suddenly became one of the most famous automotive spy photographers in the world. Then in 2013, she shifted to fine art photography. In 2014, she organizes people-to-people tours of Cuba, which is pretty cool. Brenda has always been involved in raising money for charities, and in 2017, she was appointed a court-appointed special advocate for foster children, known as CASA, by the Maricopa County Superior Court in Arizona. Very cool. We'll be back in a minute to talk to Brenda, but first a word from our valued sponsors that make Cars Yeah! possible. We'll be right back. Hey, Cars Yeah! I'm a huge fan of Covercraft. I've protected my vehicles with their products for decades. Want to keep your vehicle's interior looking new? It's easy with Covercraft seat covers. They'll protect your seats from the daily abuse of pets, children, weekend adventures, and even those everyday spills. It's a fast, easy, and inexpensive way to keep your vehicle looking new. All Covercraft seat covers are easy-on, easy-off design that are machine washable. You can choose from many fabric options, colors, and accessories, all designed and carefully sewn for your special vehicles. Their seat gloves are semi-custom fit for cars and trucks, and their seat savers, a favorite of mine, are custom-tailored to fit your seats like a glove. Work truck seat covers are tough, durable, denim-weight fabric. It's like putting a pair of rugged jeans on your truck's seats. Want to stay warm? Covercraft also offers seat heaters. Covercraft is the right choice. Learn more today at Covercraft.com and tell them Mark at Cars yeah sent you. That's Covercraft.com. Are you a Cars yeah subscriber? If you're not, go to CarsYeah.com, click on the free book button, and I'll send you my free filler-up book. It's a very cool book I created of fuel filler fun, some very cool imagery, and great quotes from past guests here on Cars Yeah. Plus, you'll get my weekly email follow-up and my weekly blog. Just go to CarsYeah.com, click on the free book button, and I'll send it to you right away. Thanks for subscribing. Hey, Brenda, welcome to Cars Yeah. Are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? Oh, you bet. I even have my driving shoes on. There you go. And I'm sure you have a camera in your hand, so uh, we'll be ready for anything (laughs) that comes across the front of the car as we drive along here. Um, Before I get started with some questions here, what's one thing that maybe a lot of people don't know about you, Brenda? Well, well, you know, in 1992, when I took my very first spy photos, I had two toddlers in the car with me. It was crazy, but my kids grew up playing the spy game with me, and my son had his first 
published photos when he was just seven years old. And um, my children would spend their summer vacations with me in Death Valley, where we would be hunting down all the, the car and truck prototypes from all the manufacturers <laughs> around the globe. How and, cool is that? Uh, yeah. And 30 years later, my kids are still spotting prototypes and taking pictures. It, you know, it's just fascinating how my career became a, a way of life for my family. It's so cool because you think about kids, family vacations and doing things and to have a mom that, you know, sneakily shoots pictures of these cars that nobody that are testing that they don't want anybody to see. And then you get published. I mean, your kids must have thought you're like the coolest mom ever. They loved it. And, you know, when they got older, their friends would join us in Death Valley. We just had this revolving door of people that would be coming and going just to to spend a few days or a week or two with us. Oh, fun. (laughs) That's, That's so cool. What a great story. Well, as we continue on your journey, I always like to start by asking my guests for a success quote or a mantra. Some kind of saying that's been instrumental in your life. It's a nice way to get the inspirational tires turning or the uh, shutter clicking here on cars. Yeah. So, Brenda, (laughs) grab the wheel. Wow. This is, um, I hope you don't have to to censor this one. This is from Uh Harry. Hold on. Yeah, I know. I know. (laughs) Sit down, everybody. (laughs) The, The quote that's one of my favorites is, I'm a greedy, selfish bastard. I want the fact that I existed to mean something. And that's a, a Harry Chapin quote. Oh my gosh, really? Harry Chapin. Well, Harry you Chapin. Know, it, yeah, it's, it's funny. And I'll, uh, I've got a regular listener named Chris who, uh, uh, he is always, he always catches a couple. If, if one of my guests slips in a bad word, he always sends me an email saying, Hey, hey. <laughs> uh, so maybe he'll let you get away with that one. Uh, once you kind of explain the meaning of that and how it relates to your life. Well, you know, Harry was a very successful singer and songwriter. And he always found ways to give back to the community. And he also found ways to encourage his fans to give back. You know, I've tried to do the same thing with my work. I've done various fundraisers and I I volunteer my time. And I try to bring awareness, you know, to other people. You know, well, let's try this once more. (laughs) I I try to, to bring awareness to various causes. And very much like the way Harry Chapin did when he was still around. Yeah, you know, I think that's great. So I think Chris will let you get away with that one. Um, yeah, thank you, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thanks, Chris. Uh, well, you know, I think that's super. And I really commend you for that. You know, after interviewing, well, now 1,510 people, and my regular listeners have heard this, that I've learned a really valuable lesson. And I, I talk about this in a lot of the keynote speeches I get hired to do. And it's about what is the real secret sauce to life. And that is when we're giving back to others. That's really Uh, what makes uh human beings their best. It makes us feel the best. Even if we don't realize it at the time, it's really what makes us feel happy. I think there's something deep in our DNA about that, about caring for others and helping others. And uh, I think it's a a great testament to who you are and what you've done. It's fantastic. So kudos to you. Well, thank you. Yeah, that's, that's, um, you know, the best part of life is, is sharing and giving back. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, you discovered that uh, way back when. I think that's great. Let's move forward into what has you excited and fired up today about your career. Cause you don't do the spy stuff anymore. Um, you're involved in a lot of different things now. You still always have a camera in your hand. I think that's the, the way it's going to be with you till the, the last day you draw a breath. But talk to us about um, what has you excited and fired up today about what you're doing with your life. One thing that's going on um, 
that I haven't told anybody yet. So this is this is oh, going to be new. We've got a yeah, scoop. I have scoop, a scoop. Scoop. Yeah. All right. Yes. Cool. Garcia um, scoop. <laughs> so and and the scoop is going to commit me. You know, once I say it publicly, then I there's no turning back. Yeah. yeah um, okay. But but for years, people have asked me to write a book, and you know, I was very very hesitant to even think of writing a book. But with the encouragement from a former CIA agent, who's a, obviously a spy, and he's also oh, very, an author and a cool. friend, I've decided to dive into this. So um, Good now, now all I just need is a publisher. Yeah, exactly. Well, you know, the cool thing about today, and I've had hundreds of authors on the show, and once you get your book done, I'm going to have you come back on Cars Yeah, so we can pitch it and uh, help you promote it a little bit. But I've had so many authors on the show. and. A lot of them are published by publishers, which I can certainly link you up with a bunch of publishers, but also, you know, self-publishing is an option as well. A lot more work, but there's more reward on the financial end. Right. Um, and I don't think you're a lady that really shies away from hard work. So uh, what's the book going to be about? Is it about your spy photography history? Is that what the, the core of it's going to be? You know, it's it's a little bit about everything. It's starts out when, with my first camera when I was very young, and it will probably end where I am today. It's going to end where I am today. So it's going to cover quite a bit. It may not be exactly what people are expecting, but it will cover a lot of the spy adventures. I, I hate to say, you know, how old I am, but... <laughs> but hey, we're but all book, young, Brenda. We're all young. Yeah, but, but the book starts counting down to how many days it is until I turn 60. Oh, okay. So it's kind of looking back at a lot of Uh different things in my life. You know, I think it's a really cool idea. And so many people's lives are really a lot more interesting than those folks or even myself may think that we are. And sharing these stories about our lives and plus the legacy you leave behind for your children, your children's children and so forth, I think is pretty darn cool. So uh, I'm excited. Do you have a time frame? Because what I've learned from the many authors I've had on the show, is writing a book involves writing every day until it's mm-hmm. done. <laughs> so exactly, that's how you get no. it done. <laughs> yeah, no, you're exactly right, and I really probably need to to have a deadline or yep. or something. So I'm I'm working on that. You know, there's so many other projects too. So many projects that I, I actually there's some photo projects that I can't talk about just yet with, that I'm very excited about. But you know, when you start to write a book, you need to do it full time, and I haven't been able to commit to that just yet. But you know, I have a few chapters down, and I think in the next maybe two weeks, I'll be able to put twenty, thirty hours a week towards it. So I'm really looking forward to that. Yeah, it's exciting. I'll tell you, my son. We talked a little bit in our pre-show chat about our kids. And my son works full time, but he's writing a book. So what he oh, does wow. is uh, every day he commits a certain time frame to that book, whether it's on his commute into work in the mornings or evenings or weekends, or even when he's on a holiday or a getaway weekend, he likes to go to the mountains and camp. Um, he'll, you know, these days you can bring your laptop anywhere and sit and work and um, get a little bit done. So maybe that's the way you do it is just committing a certain amount of time either each day or each week. And being a f- spy photographer and being a photographer for publications like you were, deadlines probably were not a problem for you. You, you lived around those, right? Oh, my gosh. You know, I used to work 20 hours a day, literally 20 hours a day, because I would be out shooting photos. I'd come back, have to research the vehicles and the cars and get them out to the publications. And then just as I think my day is ending, I would have people that work for me in Europe and other places around the globe send me photos. So I'm back at work. And I'm trying to 
get everything to Detroit or New York, you know, by early morning. And um, so, yeah, deadlines were were constantly uh, being thought of and, and worked Part of on. Your life. Did you find back when you were shooting spy stuff, being a woman had any advantage? Did it allow you to maybe get up a little closer because you could pretend that you were just, you know, just out there and go, oh, what's this? Uh, was there an advantage there at all? Maybe, but just for a very short time. When I say short time, I mean just a few minutes until they see the camera and the lenses that I would pull out. Yeah, then they go, wait a minute. (laughs) Yeah, and then being a woman, they would try to intimidate me. And when I say Uh, they, I'm talking about the test car engineers. But they would definitely try to intimidate me and and think that if they came after me, I'd run away. I wouldn't. I would just stand there and and keep on taking pictures. It really wasn't an advantage. You know, they um, thought they could intimidate me. So it was kind of interesting. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Well, let's talk about a big challenge or a big failure that you've faced along the way in your life and your career. Uh, mainly the lesson learned is what I want to get at here. So take us down that path, walk us down that journey, and then tell us how that experience helped you gain even more momentum as you move forward in your life and your career and your business. Well, you know, it goes back to uh, starting in the spy business 28 years ago. And there were only two, maybe three men in the United States that did this. And no one thought that a woman in her early 30s with two small toddlers could succeed in such a business. I kept on hearing people say no all the time, whether it's no, we don't want your pictures or no, don't take our pictures or whatever. And so I just interpreted it as no means go for it. And yeah, no means go. I like that. No means go. Yeah, exactly. And you know, if a magazine editor said he wasn't interested in my pictures, I would send them anyway. And as a matter of fact, the very first picture I sold, uh, my spy photo, we, we called one magazine. It was my first spy photo. And they said, no, we're not interested. And we sent them the pictures anyway. And it was on their cover. It was, it was used as a cover oh, photo. Wow. Oh, yeah. Cow. Well, you know, um, do what you got to do. I like that. No means go, though. I think that's yeah. pretty, pretty dark. So, cool. you know, between that and I just made sure my, my photos were, you know, the highest quality and I got them to magazines quickly. I just established myself as being a, a, a dependable freelancer. And basically, it comes down to being stubborn paid off. Absolutely. You know, when you think about it today with the uh, the Internet and these phones we have now that can take very nice photographs, has that whole industry radically changed? Are there more just private people that are taking spy photos and sending them into publications these days? Yes. And there are differences. You know, when I would shoot photos, I was very close up and they were extremely high resolution. And they were sharp and detailed. But what has changed, unfortunately, is that that people will shoot photos now with their their phone. They send them to the magazines, and they're happy with getting their photos published. But the magazines or or publications often don't pay them. And, you know, I was just looking online the other day of, of some spy photos. And, you know, the websites just copy something off of, of Twitter saying, you know, we saw this on Twitter, which... I'm not quite sure the legalities of that, <laughs> but but they, they do it these days. And so they're getting photos for free. They're getting a lot of photos for free. They're not as concerned with the quality as they used to be. It changed things in regards, but it's it's tougher to have a, 
a job, a, a full-time career doing this. Um, you know, that's not why I stopped doing it, but, but it is tougher these days. Plus there are fewer print magazines. Well, that too, exactly. Um, although more and more stuff online, but I've always said that the proliferation of cameras on phones and a bit of a, maybe the word dumbing is wrong, but dumbing down of people's expectations of what quality photography is over the, over the period. I mean, you look at pictures that people shoot with their phones and people now just accept that. It's kind of like cooking at videos that are shot very rough and people just go, oh, it's fine. I don't care. Uh, it doesn't have to be that great. And so now people accept lower quality. And in many cases, don't even really know anymore what high-quality photography really looks like. I mean, you see it when you know it, and especially if you have a good eye or if you're a, a good photographer or artist, you see it. But other people, yeah, that sunset's as good as another. And when you, you know, so it's it's just become less and less quality, I believe. And, and the legality, like you said, uh, people just taking images from other places and reusing them. You look at all these silly memes on uh, social media of movie stars, and I know their pictures are pretty much open game, uh, but then they'll put some quote under them. And you'll you'll think, come on, that person never said that. And if they did, they wouldn't admit it. But it's radically changed, and it's changed for the good and, and the bad, I think. Uh, we see a lot more things, but also it's got to be harder to be a professional photographer these days because uh, so many people just go, well, that's that photo's fine. I don't need anything better. Exactly. And, you know, when publications are looking to pay, you know, do we want these photos that are free or are we going to pay a thousand dollars for these four take photos? The free ones. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. exactly. Well, and, you know, my it, photos, besides being the high quality, they also came with a lot of inside information, a lot of information that I would research. You know, I would call mm. sources, I would find out a lot of future product plans. Mm-hmm. And so my photos would come with all this information. But, you know, these days I don't think it's that important. Well, and with the proliferation of so-called fake news, where you really can't believe pretty much anything you read out there. It's like, really? Uh, come on. Uh, and then when the stuff is real, you don't even know if it's real because there's so, much, so many false allegations or false news reports. Right. Or- just right. false comments about everything. So yeah, it's kind of open season. It's like the wild, wild west. Well, let's take a short break and thank our sponsors and we'll be right back. My favorite collector car magazine is Keith Martin's Sports Car Market. I've been a subscriber for decades. Sports Car Market is the Wall Street Journal for the enthusiast and the collector. It's your monthly must read whether you dream of owning a collector car, have two cars, or 200. Sports Car Market has been around for 31 years and it's filled with valuable articles, intelligent write-ups, and the latest auction sales. Go to sportscarmarket.com and subscribe today. Plus, you'll get the exclusive SEM guide to restoration shops included for free. At checkout, use the code CARSYA and receive a 50% discount on your digital subscription. It's an exclusive offer from me here at Cars Yeah. I'm Mark Green, and I love Sports Car Market Magazine. Are you looking for a way to get your products or services into the ears of thousands of automotive enthusiasts around the globe? I can help. This is Mark Green here at Cars Yeah, and I'd be honored to be an influencer and ambassador for your brand in a unique and personal way. Five days a week, thousands of subscribers and listeners enjoy the Cars Yeah podcast and website. Contact me today and I'll show you how at mark at carsyeah.com or connect with me 
through the Cars Yeah website at carsyeah.com. If you're listening to Cars Yeah, you've probably spent some time working on your favorite ride. But how confident are you working on your finances? You may be able to rebuild a fuel injection system, but can you decipher the details of a mutual fund? If you're like me, investments, insurance, annuities, budgeting, and other financial concepts may seem a bit daunting, but what if I told you there's a book that describes these subjects and more in an easy-to-read and a very humorous way? My friend Chris Kimball, CFP, a longtime sponsor and past guest here on Cars yeah, has written that book, and it's titled The Saga of Ike and Penny, a couple's humorous journey through the confusing world of finance. It's a fun look at things you need to know, everything from investing to effective ways to get rid of credit card debt, and it's probably the only book on finance with a VMAX on the front cover and a classic Mini Cooper on the back. The book's available at Amazon for just $10, and this book will dramatically improve the direction of your financial future. I gave copies to each of my children. All securities are through Money Concepts Capital Corp. Christopher Kimball Financial Services is not affiliated with Money Concepts Capital Corp. Get your copy, The Saga of Ike and Penny, today. Okay, Brenda, we are back, and I'd love to hear a story that instigated your passion for cars. Is there a pivotal moment in your life when you knew that you were going to be a car gal? Well, you know, it's really funny because for the longest time, I never considered myself a car guy or a car gal. And, you know, <laughs> I'm not I, a I car guy. Yeah, that would yeah. <laughs> <laughs> No, you know, I, I just considered myself as a photographer. And later I added journalists to that mix. I was writing articles and, and stories. And, you know, I loved the spy game. You know, that was just such a thrill. But I never thought I was a car guy. And then I realized that on my days off, I would find myself looking for a car show to attend or even sometimes better. Like I'd be looking for like plastic car junkyards to explore. And then if I was really lucky, you know, I'd find a a nearby museum. Sometimes I was so overwhelmed when I would walk into a car museum between the design and the beauty. I couldn't even take pictures. It took me a long time even though I was working in this industry, to realize that I was a car gal. When I'm behind the camera, I'm in my my truly happy place. But I'm not sure if it's creating the image is the best part or sharing the finished product. You know, that's the best part. Yeah. Have you found, you know, I've loved taking photography for years and years. And what I found at some events, I would go to, say, Car Week, where you're at a different event every day and every night, mm-hmm. and cameras and everything. And, and I found that I tended to be so focused on shooting the image, capturing the image, that I didn't stop and really look at the car and enjoy it. And I would get home and go over all these pictures, and I'd go, I don't even remember staying in front of that car. And so a friend of mine said, why don't you try going to a car show and not take a camera? Don't take any pictures. <laughs> and it was a really weird experience for me because I started going through withdrawal, I think. I know. You know oh, I've got to get a picture. But after I got through that, it became a very enjoyable experience. Have you ever experienced that phenomenon? Yes. Um, I'm just, there's so much in my head as you're talking about that. I, I have, you know, people will ask me, like, I went to Car Week in Scottsdale, and I went to eight different auctions that week, and people would say, what is your favorite car? And uh, I'd yeah. say, well, I have to go look at my pictures to tell you, because I, I can't remember what I saw. Right. But yeah. I also have turned down, this is going to sound crazy, but I've turned down opportunities 
to go to private museums when I couldn't take pictures. And it's because I have so much joy and I want to share things. And if I can't take pictures, it would almost be like for some people talking with your hands tied. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm like ready to explode if I can't take the pictures. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm going to, I'm going to put a challenge out there for you, Brendan. I'm going to have you sometime go to a, a museum perhaps or, or take uh-huh. up that opportunity to go to a private collection and don't take a camera and see what happens. I'd love to hear back from you. It's very hard to do for me. Yeah. But at the well, same time, well, I see pictures of concerts, say, music concerts, where all these people uh-huh. are so busy recording the concert on their phone and focusing on that little screen that they don't put the phone down and look at the experience. Right. And I think, you know, you can always get a really high-end video of a concert online that's way better than you could ever shoot with the shaky and the bad noise and everything. Um, so maybe it's, it's a good challenge for people like you and I once in a while to put the camera down and just experience, or maybe even for half the day. There, there is a, there are many private collections in Phoenix and Scottsdale, uh, but there is one in particular that I have had the opportunity to go to. And I'll just sit on a couch in their, in their museum and look at things. I mean, not even walk around, just stare from this one point. And this collection has about a hundred million dollars of cars in this building. They were kind enough to let me have a, um, an automotive writers group Christmas dinner there one year. I had to warn everybody, no pictures, no cell pictures, no anything. But that, that was a wonderful experience. But I think what made it even more wonderful than just me being there alone is I got to share it with about 80 friends of mine. There you go. Yeah. You know, and and so the sharing made it so much better than, than being there alone. Absolutely. Absolutely. Very interesting. Well, let's have a little bit of fun. What was your first really special vehicle? Mm, Well, you know, the first car, my first and only classic car that I bought on my own just about five years ago. And on a whim, I bought a car on eBay. And I had never seen this car in person, but it looked like it was sized for me. You know, it wasn't too big. It wasn't too small. It had a little touch of quirkiness, which I like. And it was built just a month before I was born. So I thought that I can kind of relate to it if it had things go wrong. And I bought a a classic looking Volvo PV 544. Oh my gosh. There you uh, go. (laughs) Yeah. And it's just wonderful. You know, that, that little Swedish gal is a plastic blast to drive. She gets more attention in the local car shows for, you know, more attention than the local Ferraris. And um, yeah, so in the near future, I'm hoping to give her a mild refresh and, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, hope to be driving her for many more years. Well, I think this is cool. And I'm smiling because I started a, last month a podcast with Keith Martin, some sports car market oh, magazine uh-huh. called. Buy, sell, hold. And we interview people about the collector car market, buying cars, uh, holding cars, selling cars. And Keith went through a stroke last year and he's in recovery and doing very well, but he still has a little challenge with his clutch foot. So he bought his, uh, I think one of his first automatic cars ever, uh, a Volvo 122. And, you know, here's a car that's kind of a everyday driver kind of car back in the day. I mean, even your uh-huh. PV 544, while it's so unique, was you know, a car that people would buy and use. In fact, I remember a neighbor across the street when I was a kid and their mom had one. And, mm-hmm. it just, you know, most of the other cars on the street were, including ours, were, you know, Oldsmobile Vista Cruisers and 
Ford <laughs> station wagons and this bizarre looking, I always called it a big bug. It looked like a giant, right. like a VW bug blown up from the inside, you know, kind of big puffy thing. Uh, it was really cool. But uh, Keith is really enjoying his Volvo. He just bought a, um, I don't think I'm giving away a secret here, a, a, an automatic Jaguar XKE coupe. I know. I think, that, I, I think that might be a secret still, but I know about that too. So it's okay. <laughs> yeah, I think the secrets don't last very long in the world of Sports Car Market Magazine. Uh, and Keith Martin, but, uh, yeah, so he's, uh, having some fun, but I think that's a great car. What a fun starter car. And, and you're right. Cars that are so unique. They were maybe more common back in the day, probably not in the U S as much, but uh, right. throughout the world, but the PV, yeah, very characteristic car. And, so. yeah, and they, that body style was around for over 20 years, I think almost 25 years. That's the and fascinating part of that car. Yeah. That people mm-hmm. don't know. Yeah. Very and cool. as a matter of fact, Keith Martin used to have a, a PV 544 a long time ago. Well, he's had one of everything, hasn't he? I well, that's think. true. That's true. But, you know, he's very involved in the Volvo club. So yeah, he's, yeah. Uh, he's a Volvo guy and, and an yeah. Alpha guy and a, you know, Jack. I know. Guy. Well, you know, and this touches, this touches a interesting point. And I was just on uh, email with Keith this morning about this because so many times we see the collector car world as he's very expensive and only a world that the very well healed can get into. And it's not true. Um, I've had guests on the show that say, you know what? You can buy a car for 5000 bucks and get in almost any cars and coffee show uh, in the country and have fun, drive it, participate. So, you know, buying these cars like a PV 544 or 122, or, uh, there's so many cars out there that are really encourage people. Don't let the fact that you can't buy a Ferrari or an old Porsche or Lamborghini or something keep you out of having fun with these markets. You just heard right here with Brenda driving her PV 544. She gets more attention than the Ferraris do at a Carson coffee. Yeah. So uh, I think, you know, it's open to everybody. And, you know, you're talking about the auctions. I've just been amazed, especially, you know, between the Scottsdale auctions and Amelia Island, how many, maybe not how many, there, there haven't been a lot, but there's been a good handful of cars in the ten to fifteen thousand dollar price range that have sold. Right. I'm afraid to go to an auction these days because I'm afraid I'm going to bid on something and come home with one or two cars. <laughs> now, you know, I used to think you couldn't go to an auction like that without spending eighty, ninety thousand dollars and upward. You, you can actually go home with a really beautiful car now for ten thousand dollars from a, a big auction. Yeah, absolutely. I'm seeing more and more of it, and I, which I think is great. It's it's bringing more people, especially young people that don't have the money perhaps to buy the high-end cars into the collector car world so they can participate. And that's what it's all about is participation so that it we is. can all be a piece of this. So I think it's a fantastic yeah. thing that's changing. So uh, how about a very introspective question for you, Brenda? If you woke up tomorrow and you were a vehicle, what would you be and why? Mm, considering my background, I think I would have to be James Bond's 1965 Austin Martin DB5. <laughs> you yeah. know, um, the secret car with all the secret stuff. Yeah. Exactly. You know, it's fast. It's precise. Um, I could replace the weapons with cameras, which would be perfect. <laughs> um, you know, it had a, an in-dash radar tracking scope, which would be perfect. So I, I definitely think that's the car that I would, uh, I would be. <laughs> I like it. That's very, very cool. Great reason, too. I think that's fantastic. Well, we are entering what I call the last lap. I'm going to fire off a series of questions and ask you to give us 
some quick blips of that DB5 throttle. So here we go. Would you share one of your personal habits you believe has contributed to your many successes over the years? Well, actually, um, there are probably two. One is safety and the other is integrity. You know, even playing the spy game, safety was number one. You know, there were no big car chases. I may foul something for 100 miles or more, but there was never any recklessness while I did that. And integrity, you know, it speaks for itself. How about if I could arrange for you to have a drink or a meal with anyone in the automotive industry or the photography industry, living or deceased, who would it be? I think it would be my dear friend and fellow car spy, Jim Dunn, who passed away last summer. Mm. And, you know, I'd give anything just for, for one more glass of wine with them. You know, just one more chance to say goodbye. Absolutely. Well, it's a, I think as we age, and I've said this before, and especially with social media and how we see so many people out there that pass away, pass on friends and family and so forth. Yeah. uh, Take the time to have a drink or a meal with a good friend. Uh, Exactly. You know, we don't know how many days we have on this planet. So uh, take the time um, and enjoy that. Uh, maybe instead of uh, cruising through social media one afternoon, just put the phone down and, and enjoy that meal. Absolutely. You know, I've, I've gone to never gone to Detroit without seeing Jim. And so the next time I go, it's going to be a, a big change and a challenge. Yeah. Well, my condolences for the loss of a friend. Definitely take the time to spend with your friends and family, for sure. How about the best automotive advice anyone's ever giving you, given you? Wow. Well, considering I have a Volvo PV544, <laughs> um, <laughs> I would think it was don't run out of gas. You know, uh, my Volvo, yeah. it has a very small gas tank. I think it's under eight gallons. And really? The, yeah. And the fuel sensor usually does not work in my car. <laughs> oh, okay. So, so that's well, probably the best. Well, a small tank in that car, because that's not a tiny little car. Um, it's pretty small, but yeah, it's a small tank. Um, but the, yeah. the coolest thing is somebody that used to work for Volvo had a bunch of old new stock items. And he gave me this gas can that fits in the center of the spare tire. <laughs> and I don't I've have fuel yeah. in it, but that yeah. is just the coolest thing. <laughs> yeah, I've seen those around. And, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've, yeah. In fact, uh, way back when I used to sell those online. Yeah. I bought them out of Europe and then California and other states came in with the special spout laws and you couldn't sell them anymore um, uh-huh. with those goofy spouts that don't ever seem to work very well. Yeah. So. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's a keeper for sure. How about a resource? Is there a go to for you that you'd like to share? You know, I, I just giving a little bit of advice to people or suggestions, I would say go get lost in a car museum. You know, there's so many wonderful museums to explore from coast to coast. Gosh, I would love to do a cross-country museum tour. Oh, yeah. You know, but just go get lost in a car museum, kind of like what we were talking about earlier. Yeah, take the time to do it. I'll tell you what, there's um, a category on my website, carsyow.com. Go there and at the top menu bar, resources tab, click on that and you will see all the museum curators and directors that I've interviewed on this show. I mean, there's hundreds there, and it'll give you a nice insight into what their museum is all about. You can listen to their shows, plan a trip to their shows. Uh, just had Mark from the uh, California Automotive Museum uh, on Cars Yeah. I got to visit that museum. I'd never been there. It's in Sacramento, 
And it's not a giant museum, but it's very cool, very quaint, very kind of homey. I feel kind of at home going in there. I'm down the road from LeMay Museum, uh, which is 15 minutes from my house. That's another one that was pretty cool. Of course, the new Peterson. I mean, there's just, there's so many cool museums around the world. And I've always told people that uh, if you're traveling to another part of the world, before you get there, check it out. There's probably a museum nearby where you're going to go. And a lot of them are small, but they're really cool. Even if you're traveling with people that aren't car people, there's still so much to see. You know, it's it's kind of like the movie Ford versus Ferrari, where you don't have to be a car person to be fascinated and love the movie. Yeah, you know, it appeals uh, to everyone. History, yeah, it's Mm -hmm. it's the history of our country, and uh, the curator at the California Automobile Museum in Sacramento, Carly Starr, she was a guest on my show. And she was really into history before she got the job. She wasn't really into cars too much. And she didn't realize how much she enjoyed cars from the history standpoint. And now she's a car gal too, uh, but still loves history and so forth. So yeah, visit a local car museum or plan a trip to go see one. They're all over the place. Yeah, yeah. How about a book that you've read other than your new book when it comes out um, (laughs) that you're going to come back on the show so we can pitch? But is there another book you'd like to promote here or share? Well, you know, speaking of history, and this is a book that I have not yet read, but I just picked it up, and it's called Motors and Motor Driving by Lord Northcliffe. I have the fourth edition. It was published in 1906, and it's over 500 pages. My book's pretty fragile, so I'm going to have to be really careful when I read it. But there's even photographs in the book. That's the next book I'm going to read, and that's probably the one I would recommend. I mean, it's, it looks amazing. I was just coming through it last night, and um, I can't wait to have some time to, to read that. It's got to have a really bizarre perspective when you think about the year it was written, when you compare it to mm-hmm. today with autonomous cars online, electric cars, although there were electric cars back when the first car oh, sure. Ferdinand Porsche design and built was electric. So. Um, we've kind of come back around to that, but, uh, yeah, it's fascinating. I'll have to look that up. I'm sure that, uh, and it's in a, a new print version, so you can still buy it these days, right? I don't think so. No, you have to kind of no. go to, uh, eBay or an old bookstore or something exactly. like that. Exactly. I mean, one. for some reason, there are, there, there's a good handful of the fourth editions out. Most of them come from the UK, uh, but they're readily available. You know, probably, you know, they probably start 50 to $60 for, for this book. But well worth it for any collector. Yeah. Well, you can find anything on eBay these days. It's just yeah. amazing <laughs> to me. Uh, what, you know, I've sold a lot of stuff on eBay that I go, really? Somebody bought that? Wow. That's incredible. I know. <laughs> a pair of old used sneakers. Holy cow. Well, I will encourage our listeners. You can find all these great resources on Brenda's very own show notes page on the Cars yeah website. Just type in Brenda Pretty, P-R-I-D-D-Y, although she's very pretty, P-R-E-T-T-Y. But she's pretty today, both pretty, and uh, you'll find her page right there. All right, here's the checker flag question for you, Brenda. This last question can be a bit of a doozy. Today, I'm going to buy you any cool collector car on the planet. But there are a couple rules to my game. One is you can't sell it to buy a bunch of other camera gear or cars with. Oh, no. I want you to, I want you to, yeah, that little trick's off the table. I want you to drive it and enjoy it, but it's the only one collector car you can have, which means you have to get rid of your Volvo to have this car that I'm going to buy you. Mm. But if the Volvo is the one, then you can keep it, and I don't have to spend any money today. So it's really up to you. You know, I think I'll take something like, um, you know, those those 1936 white motor company 
national park buses. Oh, gosh. Okay. Yeah. I, I, there were like 14 passenger buses. I think that would be perfect because I could, I could share my adventures with other people and I'd have plenty of room for my cameras and my dog. Like I said, I can share my adventures with people and that's the best part. So I think you're getting away easy. You know, it's not going to cost as much as a, a rare Ferrari or something like that. You know, I expected something unique from you. Yeah, like a 1936, they they had like what was called a white model 706. Right, um, that's exactly it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. There you go. Yeah, that would be pretty cool. Well, we could do some uh, neat things on the side of that to kind of put your own graphics on there and make it a you know a fun fun tour bus and so forth. Yeah. So, uh, wow, that's got to be one of the most unique answers to that question that I've had on this show, which I think is pretty cool, but that, that's what makes you special and unique, Brenda. I think that's nice. Well, I can't wait for me to get that to you so I can visit you there in Arizona. You can drive me out to the desert or over to the Grand Canyon or we can go somewhere fun or a car museum. Terrific. Wherever it might be, I think that'll be great. You've taken us on a great ride today. This has been really fun. I want to thank you for sharing your journey and uh, ask you to offer maybe one little parcel of wisdom or guidance before you drive off into the sunset in that 36 white 706 national park bus with all your best friends Mm, well i would say lead your life and your business with integrity and compassion there you go and what's the best way for people to follow you you know they can follow me on facebook my facebook page is brenda pretty and company it's all spelled out or they can uh, follow me on Instagram, which is just at Brenda Pretty. There you go. I'll make sure I put links to all those on Brenda's show notes page. Uh, you can follow along with what Brenda is up to. No doubt she's always up to something fun and unique and exciting. This has been great. And a shout out to Joe Pepitone. He's the one who originally suggested I contact you, Brenda. And uh, we kind of reconnected you and I just recently on Facebook, which is cool. Nice way to meet people there. Listeners, again, you can find all these great links on Brenda's show notes page on the Cars Yeah podcast. Brenda, thanks for taking some time out of today to spend with me and the Cars Yeah listeners. Until you and I talk again, I'll see you down the road. Thanks so much. It's been a pleasure. Absolutely. Hey, Cars Yeah listeners, this is Mark Green. If you love the Cars Yeah podcast, I have something new for you. I've teamed up with Keith Martin, a collector car market expert and the editor of Sports Car Market Magazine to create the Buy, Sell, Hold podcast. Buy, Sell, Hold is the essence of collecting. Together, we take you on an educational ride into the collector car market, talking with industry experts, helping you navigate your collector car journey so you know when to buy, sell, hold. We talk with seasoned experts, who buy, sell, and hold investment vehicles, and they'll share their insider secrets on how they make their buying decisions when it comes to making these important investments. You'll find the Buy, Sell, Hold podcast on the Cars yeah! website, on the Sports Car Market website, and if you're a podcast app subscriber to Cars yeah! Buy, Sell, Hold will come right to your mobile device, just like the Cars yeah! podcast, automatically. Join Keith Martin and me on a great new venture on the Buy, Sell, Hold podcast today. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah.